0: podcast
1: 178 andrew scambetti with one last time
0: all right kiss army you wanted the best you got the best now close your eyes you're about to be podcasting.
2: yo hello how you doing
1: how you doing
2: <laughs> exact that's the correct response
1: Welcome back to your podcast. I'm Ken Mills, your host here today. And today we are joined by longtime friend of the show, Andrew Scambetti. Welcome to the show.
2: It's good to be back. It's always good to be back here because for listeners that don't know, this is the original KISS podcast. There may not be as many episodes as some of the weekly or the monthly installment ones, but that's okay. These come out when they come out, but this is the original one. So it's Mm -hmm. always good to get back to the original KISS podcast.
1: Thank you for the very kind words. Plus, I do all those other shows. We do the Monkeys podcast. We do the Cheap Trick podcast. We do Pop. We do the Fun Size Game Show.
2: Man cannot just talk about Kiss alone, right? I personally just talk about Kiss, but (laughs) I appreciate all the other passions that you have just because... I I couldn't do it. For me, it's just it's all about Kiss. It's always been about Kiss Mm -hmm. and uh, and it's always been about podcasts. So uh, this is it's very, very cool to be back. And uh, listen, thank you. You had a small part in literally everything that I've done, because I remember listening to podcast originally in late 2006, early 2007, and just going, man, I want to do something like this for the Kiss fans. So if uh, if you guys hate my stuff, blame Ken, because it's all his fault.
1: It's all Gary's and my fault. Yeah. Yeah. And Andrew, you've been with us for a very long time. I remember you helped us get a couple of interviews back in the day, back with Tommy Thayer. Uh,
2: At the Kiss Coffee House.
1: Yes. And uh, so you've been with us for an incredibly long time. You were saying off mic, uh, you have a favorite podcast episode. What are a couple of your favorites?
2: Oh, man. Well, I mean, the Psycho Circus one is one of my favorites, but my absolute favorite one is the 1978 mock-up radio show one because it's so cool. It sounds like something that would have been on the radio in 1978 down to the commercials, the content, the voices. I mean, everything on it sounds really cool. So if you haven't listened to that one, go back and listen to this. It uh, combines some of the solo interviews from the Black Box cassette that was sent out to radio stations back in 1978. And it kind of makes this radio program that could have happened back then. It's super cool and something you could just put on and listen to. And uh, I'm not going to tell you all the Easter eggs in there, but there's a bunch of cool Easter egg commercials and uh, you got to listen to it. You, you ha- you, it's a must as a Kiss mm-hmm. fan.
1: And, you know, that's one of those necessity is the mother of invention kind of a thing. Yeah. I actually lost my voice for a month and a half. And that's the reason I'm not on that episode.
2: I think I remember. I think I remember when, when that happened. But still, like the whole thing is just so well put together, and uh, I I know you had a hand in it because it just oozes Ken Mill's fandom. <laughs> it really does, and it's so cool.
1: Yeah, it it does, and uh, we wrote the scripts, and we had David Ghosty Wills, who's. Done some really cool stuff in the world of Kiss. He actually played Peter Chris once on Celebrity Deathmatch. So the oh, guy, oh very cool, yeah. So he's he's done a lot of voices for us here, and he was on last episode as part of the Elder commercial for the movie that never happened. But mm-hmm. uh, he's such a talented guy, and he and I uh, worked out the scripts, and we actually plotted it out like a whole movie, and it was it was fun. It w- it was the KISS radio special that KISS wanted to happen, but I don't think anybody actually did what they were supposed to. So,
2: yeah. I mean, and that was that was the the thing behind The Greatest Show on Earth. I mean, that's definitely, you could tell that that was something that KISS wanted to have happen, mm-hmm. and maybe how part of KISS meets the Phantom was pitched to them in concert, movie plus Star Wars. I mean, they, they probably were looking at this pitch differently than what it ended up being ultimately.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, what KISS wanted to happen with Kistry that never quite made it. KISS yeah. World, the amusement park, so many yeah. other things. Uh, KISSed opportunities, right?
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: Now, you've made some really cool fan-made films. And yeah. they're this is one of those foo FU, FUBU kind of things. For us, by <laughs> us, this is a buy a KISS fan for KISS fans.
2: Yeah, exactly.
1: And you're here today to talk about your, your newest film, One Last Time kind of documenting your experience and not just that, but all of our experiences with Kiss's end of the road tour. And now you've done other films and put other Kiss related fan things up. Would you like to go through that little history and then bring us up to one last time?
2: Yeah. So this is the, the second, like I guess what you want to call theatrical thing, but it's not the second thing I've done. Um, in 2000, late 2018, I released the Greatest Show on Earth, which is the 1970 a Kiss movie that never happened. Kind of Kiss's answer to uh, Led Zeppelin's song "Remains the Same." Mm-hmm. I did that. I followed that up with a mock-up TV special called Kiss at Midnight, which was basically what I thought a 30-minute NBC-like KISS special should have been in 1976. And then I released something really cool just in December. I didn't really promote it. I just kind of threw it out there. I took the Lost Alive 2 album and I synced it to available footage from the Tokyo concert. And I called it a rock and roll party in Tokyo with KISS. So those are three things that are out there. There are two versions of The Greatest Show on Earth. Uh, The only one version that is surviving is the Encore Edition which is my George Lucas Ultimate Edition that, that's going to be out there for as long as it can. Mm-hmm. You can find all that stuff uh, between YouTube and Vimeo. And uh, The Greatest Show on Earth is only available through Vimeo because the audio is alive too, and YouTube decided to block it, so boo-hoo there. But mm-hmm. but anyway, so it brings us up to date with this new one uh, one last time, which has been in the works for quite a while. Mm-hmm. I, had, I had all this footage that... Uh, we might have talked about this on the last time I was on here when I was initially putting together the greatest show on earth. It wasn't going to be a period piece. It was gonna kinda of be my story throughout history and Kiss's story. But once I looked at it objectively, I go, Ah, my stuff really doesn't fit in here. But I had all this footage of me, you know, as a kid dancing around to KISS, all special moments in my KISS history that I always wanted to do something with. And then just so happened that KISS announced that End of the Road tour, and then I ended up going to a bunch of shows and I had all this video footage that I shot when I was traveling. And I thought, well, what if I put together a KISS' story and my story together and culminated it with a live concert of them at Madison Square Garden? The best place to see KISS, in my opinion. And that's where we got one last time. So it's, it's been in the works for a while. And uh, initially it was supposed to be out in February, but I guess this was kind of a happy accident that it got delayed till May because now everybody is at home and they got nothing else to do but watch it
1: and so, ready to see it so. and,
2: and ready to see it. So, so this is something that I've been working on for a while, as I mentioned, and it's not only my journey to the end of the road, but it's Kiss's journey through the end of the road. And I was able to get some really cool Kiss interview footage uh, that had already been available that uh, they kind of tell their story and I was I was able to construct a story in a way that Kiss takes you through the early years and then tells you why the end of the road tour is different than the other tours that they've been on.
1: And this is made for the Kiss fan who really knows their history and does not need to go through the entire history of the band all 10 members. This really is just documenting this particular time, right? And your story. And some people might say, well, why would I care about Andrew's story? Or why would I care about Ken's story? And I'm just going to say for 14 years, we've been giving you our personal histories, our personal pod Kisteries, right? That's what every podcast is. That's what every Kiss book that's written by fans is about, because this is something unique, something that we share. This is Kiss is the glue that holds us all together, right? Exactly. And as as time goes by, and whether you look at the Beatles fandom, the Monkees fandom, the Van Halen fandoms. Uh, the fans really become the caretaker of the thing. They may not be owned by the fans, you know, legally, but the fans are the ones that pick up the baton and tell the stories that the band isn't telling or they don't think is of any interest. I mean, there's things that we love as KISS fans that KISS will never take the time to document. They just won't.
2: Well, I mean, here's the thing, uh, the, the poster that, that I just released it, it, the tagline is you are here and I want to put people in my shoes. I want to put them in my shoes at the front row of a kiss show. I want to put them in my shoes when I'm backstage. I want to put them in my shoes when I'm experiencing things for the first time. So the, the, the basic premise behind this or the basic goal behind this is I want people to experience this with me. And what I want to come out of this is I hope someone goes, well, Hey, Cool. Andrew told his story, well, maybe I'll tell mine, and maybe there'll be other KISS fans that can come together to do something like this and tell their story. Because, like you mentioned, there are moments or things in KISS story that KISS won't tell, but the fans will. So it's basically, if you want to be front row at a KISS show, or if you want to experience KISS like you never have before, this is your chance. And you get to do it from the comfort of your own living room. How cool is that?
1: Mm -hmm. Now, we were talking earlier about things that KISS is kind of kissed opportunities or maybe not telling those stories or whatever one of the coolest things that you and i are part of and the kiss room is part of the podcast is part of is click shop.com they have some of the coolest kiss theme shirts ever and uh, i know they've even carried some of your stuff right
2: yeah they that's the only place where you can get a official non-official greatest show on earth t-shirts and the great thing about Click T-Shop, too, is for the first couple of weeks when this whole pandemic was hitting, we put The Greatest Show on Earth t-shirts up for sale again, and all the proceeds went to local families in need. I was able to give um, a, a local couple here that both of them were, were on disability and, and had some medical problems, and I was able to give them 150 bucks of t-shirt sale money that went to them. So… They do, they do some of the best T-shirt work, but they also really help out the community too. So it was it was a really, really cool thing for them to do. But uh, make sure you head on over there. It's click with a K, com, and you can get your own Greatest Shore Earth T-shirt. But there are so many cool Kiss T-shirts in there too.
1: Where else are you going to get an Attack of the Phantom shirt? Where else are you going to get a Podkiss, a Kiss Room, and a Wicked Lester shirt? There's so many cool <laughs> things, whether it be the rose tattoo or sam t serpent or just so many great things check them out click we'll be right back after this take it away the kiss room house band
0: click t when you want a t-shirt click t accessories too click t any way you want it now
1: at Clickteshop.com. All right, Andrew. So are you ready? We're going to play an audio clip. This is you describing your early days. Well, actually, your early days, right? Because this is your early days with KISS. So
2: take it away, Andrew. How you doing, New York City? The ultimate celebration got underway in January 2019. But the story for me began in 1988. Discovering Kiss at an early age was thanks to the TV movie of the week, Kiss Meets the Phantom of the Park.
0: And now on NBC
2: Saturday Night at the Movies, Kiss Meets the Phantom. At first, I had no idea they were a band. I thought there was X-Men, Spider-Man, and then Kiss. The early images in Marvel Comics grabbed me before the music did.
0: We put our red blood into the first Kiss comic, and we're thinking of uh, putting something into the yellow ink. For the next comic.
2: It wasn't long after that I became a full blown Kiss fanatic. Growing up in the 90s meant I missed out on seeing Kiss in Omega, but that all changed in 1996. So let's shock the people.
1: Members of the international press and members of the Kiss army. And they are
0: Peter, Paul,
2: the band reunited and embarked on the Alive Worldwide Reunion Tour. A vivid memory I'll never forget was watching The Simpsons and seeing KISS giveaway tickets to the infamous Tiger Stadium concert.
1: Two front row tickets to the first KISS concert in 17 years at
0: Tiger Stadium in Detroit Rock City. You know you want it.
2: I finally got my first chance to see the band in full makeup and costume on New Year's Eve at the Meadowlands Arena.
0: It's
2: people! Over the years, I spent free time attending various KISS events and was able to get close to the band. Ready?
1: you yeah. like oh,
2: I was even given a nickname by Gene Simmons. Hey, Paul McCartney. <laughs> Paul
0: McCartney. Yes.
2: In nearly 30 years, not much had changed. And that clip is you
1: talking about how you became a KISS fan and how it's followed you your entire life. Right. So this kind of sets the stage for what's to come.
2: Yeah, it it really has. I mean, I, I, I always say that I'm part of the missing generation of KISS fans. And what I mean by that is in the, the late eighties, there really wasn't a young fan base. And I'm talking like between four or five, six, seven, like kids that were picking up KISS music. At the time, Kiss wasn't wearing their makeup and they were really kind of being billed as like a hard rock, heavy metal band. So you had your adolescents that were certainly becoming new fans and you had maybe your older crowd that were becoming fans based on just the music. You didn't have the kids that became fans in the 70s picking up Kiss in that late 80s. And just remember, too, when Kiss came back in the late 90s and even now, there are young kids that love Kiss and that have been growing with the band. But at the time, there was nobody my age that liked Kiss. And I'm part of that missing generation that grew up with this band in a time when they weren't really attracting new fans my age.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So for me to say that I've been a fan since 1988, 1989, um, it isn't something that I hear a lot. And that, that was kind of the basis when I, I was thinking about the idea of this movie because not a lot of people share my story. and Not a lot of people at that age, at that time, became a Kiss fan like I did. But the same things that grabbed the fans in the 70s is what grabbed me. Kiss me, the Phantom, the Marvel Comic. You know, I saw I was a huge Marvel Comics fan at the time. I loved Spider Man, and Spider Man fought Doctor Doom, and so did KISS. So what could be cooler? And I knew subconsciously that Spider Man and Batman and all that stuff, they weren't real. But KISS was real. Gene Simmons spit fire. They actually descended from the top of these giant speaker cabinets. That actually happened. So as a kid who was really impressionable, I was like, hey, What could be better than this?
1: Mm -hmm. And it's interesting that you talk about that because Kiss kind of had a second wave. There were kids that maybe either didn't get a chance to see the Dynasty tour, but maybe saw Kiss Meets the Fan of the Park or what have you, whatever, grabbed those young kids that were too young to like really go and see Kiss unless their parents took them. Yeah the legend lived on and then they hit around the time they, they were old enough to go see like the Animalize tour and things like that and yeah but you're right there is that gap between the kiss reunion and the psycho circus and the animalized to there's that spot right there where it seemed like kiss was just for whatever reason wasn't gaining traction and you're right biker kiss as i call them that's that's like <laughs> the revenge era mm-hmm It's so anti-Kiss, in a way, when you think about it. Because, like, Kiss has always been about a couple things. Being naughty, (laughs) sex, and being fun, right? And just not needing to have an excuse for everything. But, like, one of the things I don't really like about the Revenge era is that it was almost like Kiss saying, well, Guns N' Roses is cool. We're going to be that, too. The only difference is is I think that the Revenge era is looked upon as like, oh, that's so cool, because they look
2: cool, right? Yeah, well, it it was back to basics.
1: Was it really, though? Because it was uh, Motley Crue became bikers. Metallica became big. Um, Guns N' Roses bikers. You know what I'm saying?
2: I'm talking about the music. I mean, you listen yes. to albums like Crazy Nights and Hot in the Shade, and they were kind of going back into that hard rock direction. Mm-hmm. But uh, you had a lot of you had a lot of rock pop crossover between Animalize, Asylum and Crazy Nights. So it was returned to kind of like that harder edge music. I think some of the songs on Revenge could have been written maybe in the infancy of the band, through, you know, before Kiss are hotter than hell. Mm-hmm. So I, I really don't place anything from Crazy Nights in the makeup era. But you can place songs maybe like I Just Wanna or Unholy. You could place those songs on Destroyer. Hmm. You know, I, I, I always thought that. And I always thought that it was one of those things that KISS returned to form.
1: Interesting. Now, this thing that you have that's debuting, when, when does this come out?
2: May 15th.
1: May 15th. Get ready. Grab your popcorn. Be ready on YouTube. It's free to watch one last time. And this documents the end of the road. And Matt Porter has a great line that uh, the end of the road tour is a cul-de-sac because Kiss kiss never really ends,
2: right? He's... he's <laughs> He's right. And and what's so cool about this release is it's kind of like two releases in one. Uh, I'm a huge Iron Maiden fan and Iron Maiden put out this film in 2009 called Flight 666, which was basically they're documenting a tour that they did where Bruce Dickinson flew this plane and they traveled via plane to all these countries that they couldn't get to. And I saw that and I go, man, this would be so cool if Kiss did something like this. And then when it came out on DVD, it was disc one was the movie, which certainly had musical numbers in it. But then they gave you a bonus disc, which was a complete concert. I was like, Mm. hey, that's so cool. So with One Last Time is you have the film and then you have the bonus concert. There's certainly concert footage within the film. But you get this bonus concert of 13 complete songs from the Madison Square Garden concert. So if you like the concert footage in the movie, you get a bonus concert of 13 complete songs. That is amazing.
1: Well, let's listen to one of those songs right now. One of the songs that came from this footage that you have. Would you pick one?
2: Yeah. This is Say Yeah.
1: All right. Well, from Kiss's "End of the Road" tour, from Andrew Scambetti's "One Last Time," it is say yeah. live at Madison Square Garden. Doesn't get much more iconic than Kiss playing at the garden, and you were able to document that. Yeah. Now, one last time, follows you on your vacation. What a cool vacation, right?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, just following Kiss around. I mean, what could be cooler than that?
1: And how many times did you see Kiss on the End of the Road tour?
2: Seven times, which is the most I've ever seen any single Kiss tour.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Now, see, here's what you missed back in the early days. That seven times, that probably cost you a lot more than it did me like back in 1985, right? Because you you could see Kiss for like $15 or nine ninety nine or whatever.
2: And there were some dates where I flew to shows. Like I flew to Connecticut. I flew yeah. to Jacksonville, Florida. Uh, but it was all worth it because here's the thing. We don't know what – I mean the last Kiss show could have happened. We don't know. But yeah. Kiss is never going to go on a big tour like this ever again, well, so they say, and maybe the, it's true now because they're obviously much older and they can't be doing this forever. But mm-hmm. I wanted to experience it like the movie says one last time. I wanted to to go and and take this all in because I don't know how much longer it's going to be out there.
1: Right. It, it just it was a lot cheaper to do in 1985 than it is in <laughs> yeah. 2020 or 2019. Uh, yeah. It's uh, <laughs> now you get. To do some really cool stuff along the way. We we see you doing some stuff for the uh, – for charity actually and your involvement with Gene Simmons and, and The Vault and even Gene Simmons Soda.
2: What was really cool about that is when I knew KISS was coming to Cleveland, I always see fans getting pre-parties together. And I was like, this would be cool if KISS did a pre- – if there was a KISS pre-party in Cleveland and I was like, hey, I'll do a KISS pre-party in Cleveland. And luckily, I had a relationship with the guys at Rhino, Keith Valcord, and I was like, hey, if I do this Kiss pre-party, what if we gave away a vault? And then what if we sold raffle tickets and then all the money that we collected from this raffle, we donate to charity? There was a local women and children's shelter here in Cleveland called Laura's Home mm-hmm. that uh, I participated a couple of charity drives with before. So I was like, well, I could just I can give it to them because I know this helps women and children in need. So it just it made all the sense in the world to me. And there's a really cool restaurant here called Melt that the owner, Matt Fish, is a huge Kiss fan. Mm-hmm. So I was like, this will be cool. I'll have the party there. Uh, I could have the people at Melt help us promote it. And it was a huge runaway success. We raised over $1,500 for women and children in need. And it was so cool. It was so, so cool. Because, you know, when, when you do things like this, your friends are obviously the first ones to show up. And I remember when I was doing this party, friends showed up. And then I started seeing people that, that I didn't know who they were. Mm-hmm. And once I saw that, I knew the event was a success. So we raised a bunch of money for women and children in need. And it was cool. It, it, was, it was very, very, very cool. And we gave the vault away to someone I think you might know, Adam Perkins.
1: Absolutely. The Adam Perkins, friend of the podcast. He listens to the show and is probably listening right now, squeeing with delight.
2: Hello, Adam. We love you. <laughs> yes. So we, we were able to get um, we were able to get some footage of Adam winning the vault, and it, it was cool. They went to, and he I think he purchased one or two raffle tickets that day. So I mean the vault cost two grand, and, and yeah you got to meet Gene, and you could buy it later on for fifteen hundred without a meet and greet. But uh, you know he he spent his twenty I think it was I think the raffle tickets were twenty bucks each. He spent his twenty or forty dollars and got the vault. And uh, it it was cool. I was actually hoping that somebody there would win it because, uh, you know, we we opened up to the entire United States to to uh, for for the raffle. And I told the people, I was like, yeah, it's free to pick it up in Cleveland. But uh, if you do win and you're not here, shipping is on you. And those things cost about 200 bucks to ship (laughs) at that time. So I was really glad that somebody was there to win it because I don't want to have to ship it again. (laughs) <laughs>
1: so congratulations to Adam Perkins. Adam Perkins, you're a powerful and attractive man and lucky.
2: Yeah, and I know he really enjoyed that too, so he's got a vault and it was cool to give it to somebody to give it to somebody like that. Uh but the whole the whole thing was cool and, and I knew I knew we were doing something special the whole time I was there. So that's why I made sure I mean even though they're just little clips here and there, I try to get people to capture certain things. And there is an Easter egg in the movie that um, maybe you found it, but I'm hoping somebody watching it finds it, too. hmm Any hints? Watch the song Heaven's on Fire.
1: Ah, let us know what that Easter egg is, KISS Army. Pod KISS listeners. Hopefully somebody finds it. <laughs> hmm You mentioned there's seven shows that are documented during this. Which, which seven are there?
2: Okay, the only one that's not documented is the outdoor Cincinnati show because there was, uh, there was some rain and some weather challenges there, so I wasn't able to get anything from Cincinnati. But uh, it's Grand Rapids, Michigan, Cleveland, Ohio, Columbus, Ohio, um, Uncasville, Connecticut, which is Mohegan Sun, uh-huh. Jacksonville, Florida, and Buffalo, New York.
1: Uh-huh. Very good. Now, when you make these, what, what is your hope for these when i know that anytime i put up a show i go through that whole thing of i'm creating it and it's fun and then there's the part where i almost don't want to let it go because as a filmmaker or an editor or an artist you can work something to death but you've got to know when is the right time to let it go so
2: what is your goal when you make these what is your target my goal is simple i hope that kiss fans enjoy the band as much as i do So me getting excited to do things like this, I'm hoping that someone gets excited to watch these things. So I'm hoping just to share that experience of being a KISS fan with other fans. So I'm also hoping to get the band's attention. I hope one day the band sees some of my work and goes, hey, you know what? This is cool. Let's hire him to do a video for us. What fast-tracked me to get this out as fast as I absolutely could was when KISS announced that their kiss documentary was coming out in the fall. Mm-hmm. And I know that they've been filming on that throughout the entire End of the Road Tour. Um, I, they definitely filmed it at one of the shows that I was at. So I'm hoping... I, I knew that I had to put mine out before then just because I know once KISS releases theirs, eh, no one's probably going to really want to watch mine. So, But what I'm hoping is I'm hoping that one day they see it and they go, hey, there's a little project that here Andrew can do. And I hope that my name could appear on an official KISS product at some point. Mm-hmm. So that, that, that's that's my absolute goal. But But again... You know, I do these things by the fans for the fans. Uh, I don't make any copies. I'm certainly not making any money off of this. So if you like it and you want to support the film, support Kiss. Send them a letter. Say, hey, I watched this really great fan film and now I'm logging on to buy an End of the Road t-shirt. And we could really send the band a message that this is the type of stuff that we want. And we can do it the right way. This isn't about oh, I'm selling their music or I'm doing this. It's it's not about this. isn't for sale. I'm not going to have a table at some horror convention when we're allowed to do those again and selling these. And there's no direct download. There's nothing. This is just by the people for the people. And um, I hope that um, I hope that whomever is watching knows that mm-hmm. I haven't the band that hasn't commented on any of my stuff, but I know they've seen it because the greatest sure of has been everywhere, over a hundred thousand views, which is awesome. They haven't stopped me. So to me, that speaks more volumes. Uh Well, let's play another song from
1: One Last Time and the bonus concert as well. Would you
2: pick another song for us? Let's go God of Thunder. Oh, yeah.
1: It's amazing how that looked on this tour. It's one of my favorite, you know, people talk about kiss effects. I love how they did God of Thunder this tour. What would you think me, of it?
2: Me too. I remember seeing it and, and looking and going, wow, this is, this is so cool. And when I was editing it, it was one of the very first songs that I completed. And uh, I just, I thought it was so cool. I love how they've got the different faces, like making
1: mocking one another and shouting at one another
2: (laughs) yeah it's just it's everything about this tour was was larger than life so it was so cool that kiss was able to to hype up this tour and then when we saw it the tour actually lived up to the hype my opinion
1: yeah i would agree you know it's weird because you go back and look at the reunion stage show right everybody always talks about kiss's amazing stage shows and if you look at a live it's Couple of candelabras, right? And then you get to, (laughs) then you get to love gun, and it's some lighted steps. If you came out with just lighted steps in two thousand twenty, people are gonna like scratch their head. They won't even think of it as a special effect. And then Dynasty was kind of like kiss on ice, right? That was very cold feeling back then. Seriously, it was. You looked at it, and everything was white. It was like, what's going on here? And now you've got this stage that. I feel, is really, and I hate to say it, the first one that the stage lived up to what we wanted it to be. Because there's always something going on. There's something moving up here. There's something happening. I mean, the the real special effect in any KISS concert has always been KISS themselves, right? Yeah,
2: and Sammy's back on this tour. Mm Mm-hmm. Not so, Hagar, but Sam T. Serpent. Sam T. Serpent, the Gene Snake. It, mm-hmm. I mean, it was cool. I, I just remember that feeling opening night. You're like, wow, what is the stage going to look like? And not only was the stage cool, but the amount of pyro that they were setting off is just out of control. Mm-hmm. You You can catch a lot of it in the movie, but you can catch more of it. On the, on the bonus concert where you're just seeing how much fire and how much spectacle is in this stage on, on this tour. It's, it's incredible. It's incredible. hmm
1: And, you know, we want to send a special shout-out to some really cool people, and, and I know you know them. People like David or Amazing work he's done with the KISS costumes.
2: He made Gene's costume, all three versions of Gene's End of the Road costume. He also made the Sammy T. Serpent Snake. Mm-hmm.
1: I hope to have him on the podcast at some point. It just hasn't happened yet. Plus, he's also worked on uh, some of the CW shows and
2: uh, Star Trek Discovery and stuff like that, so I'm all in on him. And make sure you check out kissreplicas.com. They just released, or they're going to have a a pre-order starting of Gene's Lick It Up vest. So check that out. He's got some cool stuff there. Yeah, I saw that. That's amazing. While we're mentioning David Paya, who does some great work with uh, UD Replicas and Kiss Replicas, we have to talk about Wendy Bembrook who was the costume fabricator on the tour as well. She toured with Kiss for many, many years, and she was the one that made Paul and Eric's costume on this tour. She might have made Tommy's costume too, but I know Spiro, a member of one of those great Kiss tribute bands from back in the day, he yeah. designed Tommy's costume for this uh, this upcoming tour. Oh, wow. So huge shout-out to, to all of them. And Wendy's just one of the sweetest people. I met her on one of the Kiss cruises. And every time I I see her at a show, it, it's always you know we always have good things to say about one another. So uh, so yeah, Wendy and David are the absolute dream team for these these current costumes.
1: So special shout out to David Tagnoliopaya and Wendy Bembrook, right? Yes. Thank you for all the hard work that you have put into this, and it's just amazing. Your craft shines through. So thank you for all you've done for us as Kiss fans. So. What's next for you as far as these video documentaries that you've been doing?
2: A break. <laughs> a break. You know, I, I don't know. I, I'm in I'm in full promotion mode right now. And um, as you and I are speaking right now, the final version of the film hasn't even been uploaded yet. There are just little tweaks here and there that I'm making. Um, but I don't know. Probably a break. I mean, I, I work a full-time job just like I, I'm sure a lot of people listening to this do. So I edit and do this stuff on the weekends and at night. So I'm kind of looking for a little bit of a break. Maybe I'm going to, you know, rewatch a show or or read something or do something else. Um, You know, I I don't know. I don't know what's next. But um, I do know that this has been one of the most fun experiences that I've had working on a film because not only was it putting together a film, it was editing a really, really cool concert together and giving someone something cool who maybe didn't see Kiss on the End of the Road tour And this might be the closest thing that they have to seeing KISS live in 2019 and 2020. Mm -hmm. And of course, uh, Gene has a special name for you. Well, watch the film and you'll see it. You'll see it in there. Watch the film. Gene gave me a nickname back in 2009 just by complete accident. And every time he sees me, he remembers the nickname. I remember. So I saw them in 2009 on the it was the Live 35 tour at this point. He gave me this nickname. And then I didn't get backstage again until I think it was 2013 or maybe it was 2012. I don't remember the exact year. And I remember I was at the Acoustics at the Mean Green. I'm helping people get pictures or whatnot because I, you know, I was just there to enjoy it. There were there were people that were there that needed autographs. So I was helping them and taking pictures. And then you know when it kind of ended a little bit, I asked Gene and Paul for for a picture. And uh, I go to ask Gene. I was like, Hey, Gene, could I could I get a picture of you and I together? And he goes, Of course you can. Then he pulled me closer and goes, Paul McCartney and he remembered and and he remembered and I was like I can't believe you remembered after all this time he goes of course I remember and uh, it was cool it was it, it's very cool to have the guy that ha- you had on that I still have on my walls for him to you know know who I am so it's very very cool it is amazing isn't it i ne- if you would have told 3 year old andrew who's in this movie that gene simmons was going to have a name for him i wouldn't have believed you
1: and you know I think Gene gets uh, a bad reputation sometimes, earned, but other times, uh, you know, he he seriously can be the sweetest guy in the world at times.
2: I completely agree, and I've seen him. I, I've I've been I've seen him how he treats people, and and I've seen him outside of paid meet and greets. So this is a this is a good guy.
1: And Gene does a lot of stuff for people that you never hear about. Yeah. Uh, he's he's called people. He's done things. He's helped people out and things that I, I can't even talk about. Things that you can't even talk about that we've
2: seen. Right. So I'm not going to say the person who he did this for, but there was a person who I didn't even know. I guess he had a stroke mm-hmm. at one of the vault events, yes. and it was set up later on that Gene called this guy, had dinner with him, and he made it. He made it up to him. Yeah, you absolutely. Just, you just don't hear about stuff like that. So it, it's people they say he's the big bad demon or he's an asshole or this and that but he really isn't i mean this guy this is a this is a uh, he's got a lot of heart in him he really does
1: right all of those things can be true but deep down i think that he's a very sweet guy you know i think he can get in his own way just like you and i can or anybody else but uh, i've seen him do things that he doesn't want anyone to know about and i agree i'm just i'm just letting people know that that happens and I'll tell you when I got out of the hospital he called when I was in the hospital and when I was at the vault he walked over and hugged me he didn't have to do anything that he did and he talked to me about my health and he really put a fire underneath me to to make some great life changes so you know as complex as Gene Simmons can be <laughs> Yeah he's yeah. he's also a very sweet guy and very you worked with guy. him on his money bags uh, ads right
2: well, so what happened with that is Gene Simmons Moneybag Soda, their parent company is called Johnny Ryan Soda, and they're out of Buffalo, New York. Uh-huh. And the brothers that run that are actually really, really good friends of mine, and they're the ones that got me involved with this. Uh-huh. So everything I did, it would, I would make it, send it to them, they would send it to Gene, and then Gene would you know, talk to me back and forth with, with corrections. Uh-huh. I remember a really funny story, and I wish, I wish somebody would have videotaped this, but Gene called me one day when I was at work. And we had to go through one of the ads. And the first few ads that I did for him didn't have any narration or any voiceover. It was just music and, and blah, 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 this and that. So there was one that he wanted narration on that was actually playing on the Kiss Cruise that year. So we're going over the commercial. He goes, oh, I changed this and I like this and this is all good and everything else here is good. And then at the end of the conversation, he goes, tell me something. Uh, who is the narrator on this? And I was like, well, Gene, it's it's me. He goes, really? He goes, I'm sure the women like your voice, probably the men too, but I hate it. And you need to get someone else on there. And I go, not nah, 100%, Gene, not a problem. And uh, there was a there was a DJ, his name is Mad Max, who I actually knew when I lived in Myrtle Beach, who ended up and and lent his voice to it and did an outstanding job. So, uh, but it, it was just really funny. I was just sitting at work and Gene's like, oh, hate your voice. And I need you to change it. Well, I'll, the good news is that you'll be popular in prison. So. Yeah, I'll never, I'll never forget that when uh, when he said that to me. So, and it's it's funny, it's 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 really really funny to to know that that actually that actually happened. And he not I kind of I tried to change it. I tried to make my voice sound deeper and sound like a used car salesman a little bit. Mm-hmm. So I I fooled him in not knowing that it was me because he was talking to the same guy. But um, you know, and and that I wonder if I still even have that version of the commercial. But uh, he hated it, and uh, I changed it.
1: <laughs> well, it's it's cool that you got to work with him, even in that capacity. That is really neat. So yeah, yeah. There's so many possibilities for a Kiss fan, and uh...
2: and what's cool about this is there was an unreleased version of the commercial that I put in the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gene ended up not. He wanted to go with something a little more simpler, which which is cool. I mean, the guy's the boss. Whatever he wants is is you know what's going to be the ultimate word. So, uh, but I did. Produced this commercial for him that I thought was really cool, and, and a lot of people I showed thought it was cool too. So I put it in the movie just so I can get people to see it and uh, and, and see that, yeah, you know, not everything gets released. So there was a, another version of the commercial that I did for him that I really loved that, uh, that I wanted people to see.
1: Incognito Films, one last time, available on YouTube and Vimeo uh, for free. Check it out, uh, enjoy it. It's a lot of really cool kiss interviews in there, right? Oh, yeah. A lot of cool concert footage, a lot of cool fan interaction, and check it out. It's lots of fun. We're going to go here soon, but let's play one last song.
2: One last song? Well, let's just, let's play Do You Love Me. Aha.
1: of one last time both a documentary and a concert film that you can watch on youtube and vimeo so check it out there will be links in the show notes and everywhere on may 15th so watch this enjoy it you need more kiss in your life here you go it doesn't cost you a dime right
2: how i mean everyone needs more kiss
1: that's right the first step of the cure is
2: is a Kiss, obviously. That's I mean, right. You could, there you go. There's clips of Dr. Love in there, too, from, from Madison Square Garden. <laughs> Absolutely. Now,
1: earlier we mentioned Matt Porter's line about Kiss's end of the road tour being a cul-de-sac. Uh, all joking aside, do
2: you think this is it for Kiss? I do, just because they're getting older and they're getting to a point where they physically can't do it anymore. The, the age is going to get to all of us. So, but I think as a full-time touring entity, this is the end for Kiss. hmm but
1: KISS will never end. That's the weird thing. I mean, no. this, this thing is designed to be a cockroach, a virus, which will continue to go on and on and on. And it lives within each member of the KISS army.
2: Well, it's timeless. I mean, listen to those listen to those 70s records. Listen to the stuff that came out recently. It sounds timeless. And that's why it'll live on.
1: Uh-huh. Absolutely.
2: No, this is cool. It's always cool to, to chat about this and to get other people's opinions on this. I'm, I'm really glad that I was able to show it to, to you early. I showed it to Matt Porter early as well, too. And I was able, I, I really love that you guys got a kick out of it. And uh, I hope the people out there get a kick out of it, too. So
1: let's go through the, your uh, discography or catalog available on Vimeo. And it is The Greatest Show on Earth.
2: Well, you can, everything is available on Vimeo. You can get The Greatest Show on Earth on Vimeo, Kiss at Midnight on Vimeo, and a rock and roll party with Kiss in Tokyo uh, also on Vimeo, too. Uh, Available on YouTube, you can see Kiss at Midnight as well as a rock and roll party in Tokyo with Kiss, and one last time.
1: So there you go. One last time, May 15th. Get your popcorn, put on your favorite Kiss color, get in front of your big screen TV,
2: and play it loud.
1: Yeah. Because we love it loud, right? We do. Yeah. These are my people. This is my crowd. This is my music. We love it loud. That's right. So check out One Last Time, available May 15th, digitally on your TV. Well, Andrew, I want to thank you for always supporting what we do here at Podkist. And Podkist has always supported you. And we love you. And we're glad to be part of this along with you. And thank you for everything.
2: Oh, Thank you, Ken. I mean, seriously, listening to those first early episodes of podcast and listening to all the good that you've done for the fan community over the years. I'm really, really glad to be a little speck in that. And a lot of things that, that I've done are in direct relation to how you inspired all of us way back when.
1: Well, you're being way too kind, but uh, thank but
2: you. But it's it's the truth. It, it really, really is. It really 100% is. You know, there would have been no Kiss My Collectibles. There would have been no Kiss My Wax without podcast.
1: People have said, well, there's all these different podcasts that are KISS-themed. What do you think of that? And I said, well, they're all doing the podcast. And they said, what do you mean? And I said, I'm not trying to sound arrogant. We're all doing the same show. It's just our take on it, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I I think that there should be one KISS podcast feed and, like, everybody puts all their stuff in (laughs) it. I'm still waiting, you know, for, you know, there's been attempts at creating a KISS podcast station. I think that would be the coolest thing in the world.
2: I, I agree. I agree. And everybody's talking about their views and, and what's cool. Yeah. But hey, you know, this was, this was cool. This was, this was really cool. And uh, don't miss one last time live from New York City, May uh-huh. 15th.
1: One last time until Kiss is on the road with the End of the Road Tour again. Support what you love. And thank you for listening to the podcast today. Check out The Kiss Room, and check out all the cool Kiss-themed podcasts. There's so many great ones out there. I, of course, do other podcasts as well. So if you want to talk about the monkeys, there's Zilch. If you want to talk about Cheap Trick, check out Cheap Talk. If you want to hear me talk about movies, books, and more, and even a game show, check it out on Pop with Ken Mills. So. We'll see you all in the next episode of the podcast. We're going to be doing another podkistery revisited with Gene Simmons being our focus this time, similar to our Peter Chris special that we did. So podkistry refocus number two, Gene Simmons, coming up soon. Check out the kiss room. We will see you all on the next episode of your podcast. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you. All
2: right. Talk all right. to you soon.
1: Love you and stay safe.
2: You too. Bye-bye now. All
1: Bye-bye. Right, and that is our show. Thanks again for listening. Be sure to check us out on the web at www.podcast.com. You can also find us on Facebook and on iTunes. If you'd like to contact the podcast, please drop us a line at podcast at gmail.com. Big thanks to Julian
0: and everyone at KissFAQ.com They've got great information
1: there and a terrific message board too. Thanks also to Keith LaRue and everyone else at kiss online for their great work representing the hottest band in the land. And as always, a big thanks to Paul Stanley, Gene Simmons, Ace Fraley, Peter Criss, Vinnie Vincent, Bruce Kulick, Eric Singer, Tommy Thayer, and the memory of the late, great Eric Carr, and the late, great Mark St. John. You are KISS, and we are your army. Podcast
2: is created by the KISS Army for the KISS Army, and it is available for free as an internet download. If you like what you hear on our show, go buy it and support the
0: people who made it podcast is not affiliated with kiss or any of its members past or present on behalf of myself ken and the whole rest of the podcast crew thank you for listening to podcast the kiss fanzine for your ears